Hello and welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountain, the podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode and all but one episode so far mm, by nice. my co-host. <laughs> as long as there is a single breath left in her body, she will not give up and neither can we, Whitney Nelson. That is categorically untrue, but hello everyone. <laughs> and I'm, I'm the first one to give up, so. <laughs> That's, no, no. Don't, don't, count, don't count on me. Don't listen to her audience. You can count on her. Six hours ago, I was ready to give my life for him. Do you know what has changed in the last six hours, Evan Wells? <laughs> nothing. 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 Oh, God, that's the cheesy part of the movie. <laughs> it's a great line. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're Sorry. doing it. The thrilling conclusion. But oh, yeah. first, but first, let's get some stuff out of the way like we always have to do. Okay. Up top, as always. Website's coolbreezepod.com. Email us coolbreezepod at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. You can also find us on anchor.fm. Leave us some voice messages, as some people have said they were going to do, but have not done yet. Maybe throughout the course of this episode, we might get a couple. I don't know. Tisk, tisk. You can always send your reviews any way you want, and we can read them live on the air. And if you send an audio message, we'll play it, as evidenced in previous episodes, specifically the Matrix one, our first one. If you like what we do, you want to support it directly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash coolbreezepod. But if you don't want to throw any bucks our way, a review on iTunes is clutch. I can't mm. stress how important that is. Really. So clutch. Do either of you have any ideas on how we can stress how important a review is? Mm. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Like what's it, what's equally I feel like important? we've already threatened, we've already cajoled. Right. Uh, we've already like, pleaded to the sweet strains of Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> we've done all those things. Mm-hmm. Um you know in the Matrix when it's super important that they answer the phone so that they can leave the Matrix? Yeah. It's like that. It's like that. It's like that. It's like that, could, guys. Yeah, we need that. And what's happening right now without them is that Sentinels are <gasps> discovering our ship. The Squiddies. While we are in the Matrix. Ugh. And they're about to blow it up. And what's going to happen is the three of us are just going to, like, randomly fall limp while walking the streets of the Matrix. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants All that. All because you didn't leave a review. <laughs> Well done. Okay. Well, there you so, go. So there's I your. Think that says everything. There's your motivation. Do it. Just let us answer the phone. You know, <laughs> it's so easy. Just, it's all it takes. Right. Call someone you love. Yeah. Evan. Exactly. <laughs> did I do it? You did it so well. You did Bravo. so good. Yes. Take the rest, right. take the rest of the episode off. You could you're, you're great fine. episode, guys. <laughs> we'll see you next week. What, <laughs> what are we talking about today, Ev? Um, we are talking about the Matrix. That's you know I was trying to keep it topical, yeah. but uh, specifically the Matrix Revolutions, uh, the last movie in the trilogy. Uh, the plot synopsis from IMDb is as such. The human city of Zion defends itself against the massive invasion of the machines. Uh, 
as Neo fights to end the war at another front while also opposing the rogue Agent Smith. Mm-hmm. It was written and directed, like the other two, by the Wachowskis, um, Lena and Lily. Actually, Whitney, did I hear you say Wachowskis, a hard C-H? Yes, you did. Is that correct? I don't know. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> it's we'll good to just odds. take a stance, a uh, pronunciation uh, stance, and stick yeah, to it. Yeah, I just, I've just always thought that it was Wachowski. It might be. All right, we'll put it to a vote. Listening audience, you tell us. Yeah. Um, Hit us up on Twitter. Is it Wachowski yeah. or Wachowski? Actually, write the, your answer in a review. Oh. Mm. We, we will uh, that was such a good idea. Yeah. I spilled my drink. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it again. It's perfect. Uh, so uh, some, some return uh, names here, as you might expect, co-starring alongside Keanu. Uh, most of the original cast, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, Hugo Weaving. Uh, and replacing the late Gloria Foster is Mary Alice as the Oracle. Mm. Many of the second movie players also return, like Harold Perrineau, Jada Pinkett Smith, Lambert Wilson, and Monica Bellucci. Yeah. Whitney, um, did the critics or the audiences have anything to say about this here movie? Mm, they did. They had a lot to say about I'm this sure. movie. Um, so we lost we lost numbers in both categories from uh. two to three. I'm not even counting against one because there's no <laughs> need to. But it, the drop in percentages from two to three is oh, pretty yeah. outrageous for critics. Staggering. We went, it is 35% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Yikes. Reloaded with 73% critic score. The critic score was slightly higher than the audience score for Reloaded. Mm-hmm. Drop down to 35% score. And we've also lost a little bit, but it, this, this is closer to like 10 or 12%. We're at 60% for the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Um, okay. We have a, cro- a quote, <clears throat> a critic quote from Dessen Thompson of the Washington Post, who says, the Wachowski brothers, <clears throat> now sisters, <laughs> this is an old review, yeah. uh, have rendered their chronicles into banality as if trying to imitate the qualitative tailspin of the Star Wars spirit series. Whoa! What do we think what? about that? Is that true? Which is a, a pretty hot take on both the Matrix <laughs> movies and the Star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah. If uh, What? I don't... Dessen would I... would have us believe that the Matrix Reloaded is the best Matrix if it follows the Star Wars, the original trilogy, right? Isn't well, that? The... I think I think more uh, uh, we're talking about this finality, film. right? Okay, more so than than the overall, and I think I don't remember at all anything about the Star Wars movies, but wasn't the like new one out episode one? out by this point maybe even uh, episode two so i think when he's oh, talking about a qualitative tailspin of a series maybe he's talking about the original he's talking about not, like yeah. what the original star wars was versus what the new people were doing interesting um, okay i don't know that for sure i don't have timelines in my head for stuff like the star wars movies but Either way, it's pretty harsh. <laughs> and then Andrea W. 
on Rotten Tomatoes gave it two and a half out of five stars and says the final battle for Zion is impressive. But other than that, this film cracks under the weight of its creator's ideas. Mm. Ah, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Two and a half out of five. I'm interested. I'm interested. I guess, mm-hmm. uh, we should dive in and talk about what we, we should. Think. Yeah, we could be. Yeah. Yeah. Our turn. <laughs> That's why we're mm-hmm. here. <laughs> Does do we have a a volunteer or maybe I don't know. No, I mean I can go. Yeah, go for it. Dig it. Um. So this oh. movie. Oh, you know what we should preface by saying, everybody. Oh really yeah. Quickly, Evan's top two films right now are The Matrix. And okay. the Matrix Reloaded. That's true. Cool. So that is factual. I just think that's a good way to frame it. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So knowing um, that. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I was I felt like I was sad about this movie. I think that's the emotion I'm going to put on this. Not because of the content. Not because of you know what happened in the movie per se. But just like overall. It felt like a letdown mm-hmm. for the for the ending of such a powerful trilogy, or what could have been a powerful trilogy. It really just felt like it ran out of gas, right? Like it was almost like they didn't expect the first one to be as awesome as it was, and so they were like, "Shit, we got to do something cool for the second one." And then everybody got hyped for the second one, and they were like, "That movie wasn't great." And then the third one came around, and everybody was like, "Well." Um, now what? Like, how how are we going to do this? So then you started to see some nods to the first one in this movie, and it just felt like this last-ditch effort or this stabbing in the dark to just kind of be like, maybe we can just reuse shit that was cool in the first one that everybody loved, hmm. and that'll make people like this one. My biggest um, point for this was that like people walking upside down, shooting each other scene, right? Wh- okay. Wherever that was, yeah. you know, they're just like blowing up co- like concrete columns. And that was definitely a thing in the first one that was super rad, right? Like everybody talked about that scene for a long time. Absolutely. Um, so that's kind of, it, it just kind of felt like this place where they didn't really know what was going to happen. They didn't really know. It, it felt like it was happening in real time like they were just kind of like all right we're gonna do this thing that said i forgot a lot of this movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um like the whole train man thing totally forgot about all that yeah same (laughs) it's like what and it was just a strange premise but it made sense like i get it um but just odd and at any rate um as we think about kind of like how we approach these things the pacing was slow. Like it felt like this movie had like four scenes <laughs> and they were all just extremely long. Uh-huh. Um, and that that's fine in its own right, but it just made the movie very slow. The plot was like, the okay. I mean, they had to find conclusion. Um, I don't know. I kind of wish after the second one, I would have just sat and thought about like how I wanted the trilogy to resolve before I watched this movie, because I don't think it at all would have gone the way it did. Hmm. Um, so 
that's like a bummer for me, but now I'm like biased inevitably just because of how it was laid out. I think the whole thing around like protecting Zion was great. And like that made sense, right? That had to come, but I didn't necessarily agree with like how Neo ultimately made everything copacetic. Like I didn't, I don't know. I don't know where it would have gone, but we'll get into that later. Is there character development in this movie? Sure. A touch, but for the most part, everybody's kind of figured out. You know, they they kind of built up the kid that wanted to like be a hero and that stuff. And that was fine. Um, by the way, Andrew, you may know this. Um, was the, the, the like kid that wanted to be the soldier. I forget his name as an actor. Was he also in Fury Road as like one of the um, like spray paints his mouth guys? Uh, if you're thinking of Nicholas Holt, uh, who he he that that kid in this movie resembles, I don't believe it's him. But there is, okay. I don't think they're the same. Yeah, but there is, yeah. I see a resemblance for sure. Now that you mentioned it, but I don't. That's think all they're I kept the same thinking person. about. Right. <laughs> um. So yeah, he had development, I guess. Original, sure. I mean, everything Matrix is kind of original in its own right. I'm, I'm sure there's like ties to other things, but when you watch this movie, it's like, wow, this is pretty original. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, I think it's all there. Like, we didn't lose that. Like, there's a lot of impressive stuff going on in this movie. Um, there was some bad green screen, where mm-hmm. I don't know if like yeah. money ran out, but there was definitely some bad, bad green screen. It was that um, bad and, and reloaded too, though. We we talked about that. Like the green yeah, screen right. was where it fell apart and looked looked bad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Keanu was was great. He he kept like each movie. It's funny the Oracle kind of calls him out in the movie for this. He just gets like more and more callous in every movie. Mm-hmm. Like he just it and it starts to get to a place where his characters like a little hard to watch mm-hmm. because he's just kind of like deadpan almost to like a bad place. Mm-hmm. And I get that that's in, in, in certain instances, that's who he needs to be. And I think that kind of happened in a really bad way in Trinity's death scene, because then he was like way the opposite person all of a sudden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was like too much. It's like, pick one, bro. Like, you can't, <laughs> or I get it. Like, you can be deadpan guy who still feels love, but you don't need to be, like, hella mushy guy for 30 seconds in this movie and then a complete polar opposite for the rest of the movie. So that was, like, a little offsetting, but I thought Keanu, I think Keanu does great in these movies. I think this is his kind of role. Um, but some of those things from the early days that we didn't like about him being a romance lead, like, kind of snuck back in and that was a bummer yeah um but other uh, that's it works but i don't think and i'm not alone on this like i don't need to see the third one to enjoy the matrix right Mm -hmm. Do do you need to see the second one to enjoy the matrix nope no but i'd probably prefer that to so just third. one and two, and they never made a third one. The third one it's like watch one, and then like two comes on afterwards, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna go get a drink and I'm gonna get some popcorn, and those two things are gonna happen with like 30 minutes between them. Sure, wow, that's a lot of popcorn. <laughs> no, but I'm gonna like wait 
at the microwave for the popcorn to finish. Got- uh, I'm taking this too far, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get it. You definitely lost me. But sure. I understand where you were coming from when you started. There'll be breaks in the second one, but I'll watch it. Yeah. You gotta see them werewolves. That's what it's all about. So yeah. no, I'm I'm fucking around. There is don't don't watch for werewolves. <laughs> so I, anyway. I'm curious. So uh would you do you think you would align closer with that critic score or the audience score? Are you a thirty five percent in this movie or are you a sixty oh, cool percent on question. this movie? Uh, That's whoa. a good question. Oh, uh, they're so far apart. <laughs> they're so far apart. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just um, curious. There's no wrong answer. I'm just, you know. I, you know how I'm looking at it? It's like I enjoyed 35% of this movie. Yeah. Hey, so, I mean, that's probably a good way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're at the 35% mark. And it's like pretty much just protecting Zion. That was like good. Right. All right. That's crazy. Andrew, yeah. What'd you think? Yeah. I um I agree with a lot of what Evan said here. This movie was uh thrilling at parts. The specifically the defense of Zion, right? I, I really like that part. And really because it reminded me of a great video game cutscene. <laughs> More than anything. I think the Wachowskis, Wachowskis, whatever we want to call them, they have an appreciation for like a visual, strong visuals that they see through. Like when all those mechs were firing their machine guns up at the hole in the ceiling, just and you just see the squiddies falling just <laughs> by the hundreds, like just plummeting yeah. to their death. That was a great, great visual. I liked a lot of that. Oh, sure. And I like the stakes. I like that because we decided in the last movie that Neo was like, I'm going to take this door. I don't I don't care. I'm going to take my chances and do this yep. for love. I, I like that there are actual ramifications to that. We don't know with the previous incarnations of the one. We, we all just have to assume they went the other way and 23 people lived and the rest of Zion perished, which is dark. but pretty cool then there's a lot of this movie that i just don't I, we, we didn't need right i think all of these movies are hovering right above the two hour mark so like like you haven't said yeah. i think there's a reason why we forgot about the whole train thing because it doesn't it doesn't make any sense like if you were if you subtracted that from the film and it was just that neo was in a coma or just you know whatever unconscious for a bit nothing is lost <laughs> and yep. we gain a little bit more time to keep the pace going, which was, again, very uneven. I liked, you know, we're fighting, we're in Zion, then we're in the Matrix at this train station. I'm like, come on, what are we <laughs> doing here? <laughs> Such a bummer. Yeah. The All of the stuff that happens outside of Zion for me is real tough. Like, I, I, I didn't really care for it too much. And I wonder if this was just a time issue where they were like, we want to do these movies back to back to get them out and be done. <laughs> and it, it, it hurts. Like, the, the ending, it's a, it is a resolution, right? Sure. And sacrifices are made, and those are all themes that we see in all the Messiah and Christ stories and all that stuff. But it just did not, it was like, it's over now. 
okay, great. <laughs> That's kind of how it's I felt. Finished. I don't have to watch yeah. this movie anymore. <laughs> I, yep. I don't want to seem super down on it. Like I feel like again, I'm I'm about I like 35% of this movie. That's a great way to frame this. Um character development, we don't really we don't know. I liked Agent Smith's kind of a conundrum that he runs into with the cookies. Like, I smashed your cookies. Did you see that coming? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really funny. He's like, if you did, that's... In his own then, head. Yeah, then you bake them just so I could do that. Like, and I was like, oh, <laughs> that was... I, yeah, that's the mind-bendy stuff of, like, fate and all, you know, those are the cool mm-hmm. things. I I like that. I wish they kind of would have dove deeper. That, that's the thing that... If you told me that was what was driving him, like this, like this insanity about are the things I'm doing because they're already, de- I, I, I'm down for that movie. As mm-hmm. it stands, mm-hmm. it's kind of just passed off, and we don't, we don't get anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Machine City was pretty cool. I guess I don't know. I the the, the machine that he talks to at the end, right on the nose, is called deus ex machina i don't know if either of you mm-hmm. <laughs> knew that mm-hmm. i'm like i did know that uh-huh that's weird mm-hmm. um i got nothing i like you know what was really good the guy bane did a, mm-hmm. a stellar impression of hugo An weaving incredible yeah. Hugo weaving impression. it was pretty cool I could not believe. of this world that guy's i was sitting there like impression. it's like how do you not know who this is it right. shouldn't take this long. <laughs> no one else talks like this, Neo. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's that's it. I I I had a lot of thoughts. This is this is my litmus test for this. We watched Reloaded. I forgot parts of that movie, but I had a lot of thoughts about the rest of it. And then watching this, I'm like, I really don't have any thoughts. Like what what I've said is like there are basically just four scenes in this movie that we rotate between, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So there's not really like mm-hmm. once you touch on those four, there's not really much substance left, and it ends on what we can assume is a happy-ish note. Maybe we don't know what happens next. We will, <laughs> but as it stands, you're like, oh, it's a cool sunrise or set, whatever it is, and the oracle and the architect are best biffs again. So that's it. Yeah, that's what I got. So weird. I like this movie 35%. I'm with the critics on this one. Yeah, I'm also with the critics on this one. I waffled back and forth a lot while I was watching the movie yeah. on how I felt with this compared to Reloaded. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, okay, so a Google search for Matrix Revolutions Explained returns more than a million results oh. and oh, no. there's a lot of movies that have been debated back and forth for decades that are great movies but overall if one million one hundred thirty thousand people either feel the need to explain or be explained to it's most likely not that good of a movie right um I think that a lot of the train stuff that you guys had a problem with, I didn't have a problem with. I feel like what it is is how it felt to me is that the Wachowskis had an idea for the whole story. 
and they broke up everything perfectly into the first story and they did not break anything up well into the second and third stories. Mm. Um, I think that they split it in, in weird places. The whole thing with the like program family and two programs that created another program, but it doesn't have any purpose, but they love it and yeah. whatever. And like, that's not what machines do. All of that fits with the, there's not good guys and bad guys. We're all complex beings. Mm-hmm who are just trying to do our own thing. That was the whole overarching theme of the second movie. And that shouldn't have carried into the third movie. I think if that stuff, the train stuff had happened in the second movie, it would have made much more sense. And it would have been, I actually really like, I thought that the family was really, really interesting and engaging, like incredible actors, including that little girl. Um, I thought that they were, they had a lot of like, uh, I don't know, like there was a lot of like charisma to all three of those people that like when they were on screen, I wanted to watch them. Um, I think that if that had been in the second movie where that was more or less the theme of the second movie, which is they're just like us, they're not the bad guys. Yeah. Um, it would have made more sense. This movie, okay. So this <laughs> Not to get like too Whitney on you guys. Okay, here we go. Oh, oh, strap in. (laughs) But when you're talking this much about solipsism, which if you don't know, is the like philosophical idea that only your own mind is the thing that you can be sure exists. Mm -hmm. Because you're thinking it. Yep. So whether or not anything or anyone else exists, or it's all a construct in your mind, or you're plugged into the matrix and someone is creating it or whatever, you know that you exist because you're thinking thought. That I may think not therefore even, I am. Well, no, not even necessarily, because that's more like, that's like a different branch of it. This is just more, I can't prove anything exists. The fact that I'm thinking these thoughts is the only thing that even tells me I am real, but I might not yeah, be real either. Okay. So this movie talks kind of a lot about that. And when the entire movie trilogy really becomes about fate, and determinism and what is real and what is virtual and what is constructed and what is choice and whatever, you have to get closer and closer to Neo rather than farther and farther away. Because the only thing that we know exists is Neo. Yeah. We start with him. We know his emotions. We know the process he's going through. And Evan, like you said, he gets more distant. Yeah. We see him less. He has less screen time. I didn't clock it, but I guarantee you he has less screen time in this than in any of the other. Um, We get further and further away from the thing that is the grounding reality point. I really don't give a shit about all the jabronis by the time the Sentinels are like destroying the whole dang place. I'm so tired of like the movie. And I'm just like, okay, can we be done now? Can this be the fight? Or are we still leading up to the fight for another hour? Um. Roger Ebert had a review of this movie and there's a there's a line where he writes my concern about Neo has been jerked around by so many layers of whether he's real or not and whether he's really doing what he seems to be doing that finally I measure my concern for him not in affection but more like the score in a video game. Mm -hmm. The first Matrix was the best because it really did toy with the conflict between illusion and reality between the world we inhabit and its underlying nature. The problem of the Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions is that they are action pictures that are forced to exist in a world that undercuts the reality of the action. 
And I very much felt that to be true in this one. Yeah. The the action, the fighting, the whatever was big and it was dramatic and it was there was a lot, but it had less relevance to me and less emotional impact than anything that's happened in the movie so far. Um, and I think that's because there's less Neo in the movie than anything else. And he's the thing that makes you care about what happens to this world because he's the only thing you know is real when everyone's telling him what's real and what's not real. Like him not being in the movie most of the time is I think what makes it drag so long, what makes it so hard to like keep invested in why it makes things not make sense is because the heart is not there. And if the heart is not there, in a movie like, like this, why do we care whose world gets saved and whose world does not get saved? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I do think that there were many more... The CGI looked better overall in this movie, although there was a lot of green screen stuff that was still cartoony and looked very fake. And you could tell the second that they went from wire work to CGI in yep. a fight, like especially the big Dragon Ball Z fight at the end. <laughs> Um, they, uh, the second that they cut and switch from wire work to CGI, you can tell because the CGI is so bad, but it looks much more better, much more realistic overall in that they were able to build whole worlds, like because they have all the machines and we're in their world. And so much of it is 100% computer generated. Mm-hmm. Like all of the art, the whole world that they've built, there's not, they're shooting half of this on green screen and then compositing in some stuff. Overall, it looks better in this movie than it does in the last one. Because like the scenes where you're, you know, hovering over the skyline and the skyline is CG and the sentinels are CG and the clouds and the lightning storms, the electricity are CG. That all looked pretty good because yeah. there was nothing in there that was taking you out of the like, oh, this thing is real and everything else is fake. Anytime that something was real and something else was fake, you it immediately was like glaringly apparent. Um, but I think overall it looked better in this one because more stuff was like created whole cloth in computers. I'm definitely a sucker for any story where a person, any human being sees the sky for the first time. <laughs> Beautiful. That's so it. I appreciated when neo and trinity got like slung shot or slingshotted or i don't know how past tense slingshot yeah slung shot slung shit into the stratosphere yeah uh i appreciated that moment a lot and at that point i felt like everything was very heavy hand so i'm surprised that that part played for me at all because i was like all of this i'm ready for this to be done now i still thought that that was good and not cheesy but i just i'm a sucker for it anytime so um i definitely think that this one i was not confused about the ending no it was it was no, pretty straightforward yeah yeah it's cut and dry so for that many people to to be confused about the ending i feel like part of that's because of the switching between the four scenes over and over again yeah. that did it. But I also think that people, I mean, obviously everyone was expecting Neo to like defeat the machines and humans rise up and he like leads them out from underground or whatever. And that was never going to happen in this movie because it's not what this movie's about. Yeah, sure. The idea that basically we are resetting again. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's... I. I'm into the idea of 
no one won. No one lost. There's areas where people won and there's areas where people lost. Some people came out ahead in certain areas. Um, but I think that the cycle sort of repeating endlessly and like Neo was six and now we're on to seven and we don't know when that'll be. And things were maybe different than it. we thought it was going to pan out, but it also panned out exactly like we thought it would. The idea of the cycle endlessly repeating because machines are superior to humans in every single way, except that humans are more resourceful when it comes to war. Mm -hmm. Like there's just certain things with humans you can't anticipate. So the machines are better than us, except for we can, you know, there's certain elements of war and chaos that no one can anticipate with us. So the cycle just keeps going. And now we're just waiting for the next, the one to come along. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, I think there's too many characters. I thought that in the last one we talked about, they introduced so many people. And the only one that worked for me was Jada Pinkett Smith of like all the new people they introduced. Yep. I think that yeah. they spent too much time with the like council doing political stuff. Um, the uh, We just, there was so much immediacy that was missing. Neo is gone. Thing, things were missing. The We were waiting for this thing to be found. We were waiting for the machines to come. Like, <laughs> dope martial arts and, like, cool car chases and whatever, and Neo being around all the time, those things of the immediacy made everything else that was, like, very big and vibrant and whatever in this movie not work for me because it all had a layer of, of removal. It all was a little bit emotionally not resonant for me. Um, yeah. Well, they brought us a bunch of characters that we don't like. The 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 young kid is like, oh, okay, Neo saved him. I don't really care about him, right? And then right. he enlists, and there's that I don't know what he is, a lieutenant or a general, and he's like, you're too young. He's like, the the machines don't care, and it's like, oh, there's a relationship between between these two now. It's like, but I don't care <laughs> yeah. like that's just an army guy or whatever yeah we need yeah. more neo need more neo i have i have two questions for both of you here actually mm -hmm. one of them is a theoretical uh, but it's been bandied about quite a bit if you do whitney's search for matrix revolutions explained or whatever mm -hmm. a lot of people seem to believe that agent smith was the one not neo because he was what ultimately was the wrench in the spokes of the machine's plans. Because he was taking shit, he was taking that shit over at an alarming rate. Mm -hmm. Do you, do either of you have any thoughts or mind blown feelings about Agent Smith being positioned as the real one? Um, because presumably a a, a program, an application like him, had not gone rogue to this degree in every iteration of the Matrix prior to this one. It was Neo's well, fault. I mean, but they didn't really talk about what happened in prior iterations. Yeah, that's we true. We don't really know what brought about the final end. And a lot of viruses and whatever with computers are built to replicate themselves. So I, it wouldn't shock me. Like if someone said it, if that's what the fourth one turns out to be is that agent Smith was the one that like went off book and no one could have predicted. 
I would buy it. I would go along with it. But I also don't think... I don't think that that makes sense for me personally. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put my money on it. All right. All right. We, we have to like define the one. Wasn't it framed as like the person that brings peace? Yeah. Or like balance. The one is balance. It's balance. about balance. It's about like having the war come to a head and then both reset so, their, the cycle and continue all over again. Mm-hmm. How does just like recreating himself a hundred thousand times bring balance? Well, what's happening is he, I believe the, the idea here is that he was, by him taking over Neo, Neo sacrificing himself, balance was brought, right? It wasn't a direct action of, of Smith's. This is, and again, I'm just paraphrasing what I've read. So I don't, I don't particularly believe this, but I do think it's an interesting exploration into the character. I don't, I don't buy it. <laughs> hey, that's cool. I'm game. I just, I just wanted to I mean, get I think some feelings. Improbab- on it. Improbability is. A probability. Like when you're talking about computers, I don't know what happened in any of the six previous cycles, but I guarantee you something went off the rails and then something brought it back into alignment. That's what happens. It just cycles around again. And now we got thrown out of whack and now we're going to cycle back around again and the humans are going to repopulate and the machines are going to do whatever they do. And then we'll get back into another fight and rebalance it again. I think that. If you told me that he was, that what happened with him was because of Neo being the one and being more powerful as the one than people expected, so they let the computer go rogue Mm -hmm. to be like a digital the one, I think that's interesting. If they were like, let, if they let Agent Smith get out of hand because Neo was more than they expected. Yeah, And they were like, we need someone else to go rogue because we don't know what Neo's going to do. So to balance that out, we're going to let this computer jeopardize everything. That's interesting. And that's kind of a version of Agent Smith being the one. And I would, I would, that's a story that would be interesting to hear more about, I think. Um, But I I don't think, like, the thing is, the one isn't the one. No. He's the six. And next (laughs) up is the seven. (laughs) Right. In the absence of having more Neo, I really would have liked to have seen more Agent Smith. Because again, the one scene that he has in this where there's any substance and he's meeting the Oracle, I love that scene. I thought that was mm-hmm. great. I, mm-hmm. I really, I, it's hard because you're like, I want to know more about that character. But his only driving, as far as we know, his only driving force was like, must kill Neo. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's that's all he's got. But Maybe there's something more there. I have no idea. Yeah. The second question I have for both of you was actually from, it was something we said we would revisit from our October Q&A episode. So now that having mm. seen it, Miss Daryl at 5D Chief on Twitter, she asks a, a two-parter, uh, if Trinity could have survived Matrix 3, can you imagine three different endings? <laughs> Which is a tough thing to do on the spot, Miss Daryl. Wait, three different endings that all include Trinity alive? Yeah. I think each one of us comes up with one, how, how we would have liked to have seen that play out. And I'm not super sure. I think she would probably, I don't know. So She'd my probably, first thought yeah. there is, 
the crash uh, does Unity play that big a part? It, this is your ending, so whatever you want. I don't. I think the ending would be exactly the same whether Trinity were there or not. But there wouldn't have been a crash. There could have I mean, been a crash where she didn't been. die. Yeah, Nia didn't die. But I want to like, what were they originally trying to do, like with the power line thing? Just get to like, that. They were going to go. S- thing. I thought right? they were going to go sever those. No, I think the plan was always to go talk to Machine God. Yep. Machine. The hand of hand of the machine. Yeah. Yeah. Then she just would have like hung out in the ship, <laughs> you know, like checked Instagram while he. Or she would have been there in the room, but the hand of God would have been talking to Neo and not her, so she might as well have not been there. Right. She would have probably been yeah. sidelined either way. She's sidelined either way. Because I still think in a, in a final scene between Agent Smith and Neo in that big end fight, she's not going to be there anyway. No. She would be helping people down at Zion or whatever. Because right. that's where she was in both of the first movies. Is she was always on the periphery. And I think that Neo would have sacrificed himself one way or the other, whether Trinity was alive or dead. True. Hmm. Yeah. Not three different endings, Miss Daryl. Just the just what we had described here. I think just the one ending that was exactly the same as the ending that it was. <laughs> I also think we brought Trinity back once. And also it's science fiction. You can bring anyone back any number of times in any right. number of ways you want to. I'm, I'm not convinced Trinity's dead. Yeah. I mean. I, th- there's going to be some ghost in the shell kind of thing or so- something. I don't know where Trinity will be. I mean, she's in the next movie, right? Like she's cast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That we get casting news all the time. They just yeah. actually Pretty cast cool. the guy from Mindhunter also recently. Uh, oh, I love that guy. The Trinity's origin story. Oh, I love that guy. You're going to love this movie, I guarantee. Well, I don't, I, don't, I mean, I have no idea. I have no inside information. She, uh, Miss, <laughs> Miss Daryl has a follow-up here, which might be a little mm-hmm. bit simpler to answer. What do you think happened to Neo's body? Because they put it on that floaty ship. Thing, floaty machine ship are they going to deliver them back to zion maybe um uh maybe maybe not i don't think that it matters because neo was able to like be jacked in without like wirelessly yeah that's true by he the end of the, the movie matrix in the real world yeah he's yellow. in the matrix without being in the matrix he's not plugged in he's not whatever but he's still active in the matrix so that being where he's at, I don't think his body is necessary anymore. I think if he can control machines like Sentinels and whatever in the real world through the Matrix, the I think that he can... There's any number of ways that he could appear in both the real world and the Matrix without needing a body at all. So I don't, I don't know that it matters. I... I mean, I don't think that the machines would care enough to send him to, like, a resting place because we're all organic matter anyway. Like, that part doesn't even matter. Just throw me off the building. Well, no, just make him into chum and feed him to babies like they do with the rest of the people. (laughs) All right. Oh, yeah. Mm, Organic matter. That's pleasant. Um, I think that, yeah, I think Neo is at the point where he doesn't need his corporeal form anyway. Yeah, that's good. Have you have any thoughts? No, no. Okay. I, I think he'll be, like, I think he'll be nursed back to health, and then they're just like, go, 
do your thing. <laughs> Go party in Zion. Well, there will right. be a party because there was a part. There was a rave in literally every movie. So I'm so excited. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Well, there we go. We answered all the questions there are to answer about the Matrix, and those are our thoughts. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, we all seem to be uh, pretty much lined up with the critics. It appears, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, not. Is it time? I think it is. I, I think we should oh, just time. we should cut oh, right God. cut right to it. Maybe that'll make okay. everybody feel a lot better. Here yeah, we go. Let's, let's pick up the energy here. <laughs> Pop quiz, asshole. There was a time when I had the need to learn from you. Oh, what the hell do you know? Lose! I don't lose! I win! You got a lot to learn about sportsmanship. Oh my goodness. Pop quiz, asshole, is our very own Quizzo show where the host, in this case Whitney, asks the contestants each three questions worth a point. If one of us mm-hmm. gets it wrong, the other player has a chance to steal. The host may also add bonus questions at the end worth a point value of their choosing. I assume trivia is probably okay for this movie. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There's, there's some good trivia. Excellent. Excellent. The scores are as follows. Whitney <laughs> has 80. <laughs> Ev has 43 and I have 50. And you might be thinking to yourself, Andrew. Those numbers seem different. Those numbers aren't where we left things last episode. And that is because we recorded a secret bonus episode that will be going up sometime this month. So there's your little tease. <laughs> and yeah, it we recorded a... it out of order. Yeah. Well, the points are canon. Yeah, the point. Yes, that's only, the important thing. You can only listen if you give us a review. Oh, we're hiding it. It's a paywall. What are we, the Wall Street Journal? Come on. <laughs> nice. All right, uh, Whitney is the host, and uh, Ev is going first. Is that correct? Because you hosted last Sure. Time. Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. Evan. Huh? During the scene at the club, the Merovingian is actually wearing something called A, a Merovingian tie knot, B, a Merovingian-style coat, or see a shirt made out of Merovingian satin. <laughs> Whoa. What? what? That's cool. He was named after one of the, or I mean, presumably named after one of those things. That's kind of neat. So, this is going to sound crazy. <laughs> but I, I am someone that likes to dress well. Dapper, so, dapper boy. I am familiar with some tie knots. I'm pretty sure the Mer- Merovingian knot is that like weird inside out backwards knot. Um, but I feel like he. <laughs> oh wait, wait! This is the scene when they're in the club. In the club. Yeah, yeah. So he was in the red. Mm-hmm. He had red a... shirt, red tie, black coat. Oof. Yeah, he had like a diamond stud through the knot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what, if that was. I'm gonna say not because I—that's the only Merovingian thing that I know. So my guess is not. That's correct. Yes. Holy shit! That's awesome. It's a—it's really hard to tie. I've tried mm-hmm. many times. So for for full disclosure, there was a dynasty. Um, it was the ruling family of the Franks 
in the middle of the fifth century until 751. So Merovingian could describe a lot of things, but in this mm. particular case, it was a tie knot. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's a cool knot. Yeah. Andrew. I for details. I'm ready. What about the opening of this third Matrix film was unprecedented? Oh. One. It was the first feature film to be released in both regular and IMAX theaters at the same time. Whoa. Two, it was the first film to have more theatrical demand than screenable copies of the movie. Or three, this film opened at exactly the same moment in every major city in the world. Whoa. What? That's intense. I'm thinking. <laughs> it's like God. 3 a.m. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people probably still lined up around the goddamn yeah. block. I'm gonna go with the. Uh, I'm gonna go with a the IMAX dual situation there. Incorrect. Oh wow. shit! <laughs> All right. Um. Excellent. Your choices. second one confused me. Can Can you restate it? It was the first film to have more theatrical demand than screenable copies. More theaters wanted to show it than could. Play, then they had copies of the movie. Oh, that's impressive. I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. That's cool. Maybe it's um, not. Maybe Whitney just made that, it up. That ties in nicely. And this is why video piracy started. <laughs> All right. Um, I want it now. Yeah. That ties in with the third one, kind of. Um, I'm going to say... Mm, more copies. That's incorrect. I did make it up. Oh, no! Damn it. This film opened on November 5th at 6 a.m. in Los Angeles, 9 a.m. in New York City, 2 p.m. in London, 5 p.m. in Moscow, 11 p.m. in Tokyo, and November 6th at 1 a.m. in Sydney. Wow. That's dope. That is quite a feat. That's cool. So, at every moment, at every major city in the world where people were watching The Matrix 3, they were watching it at the same exact time. No yeah. spoilers allowed. Mm-hmm. Australia, watching again in the future. Unbelievable. Neat. <laughs> okay. Evan. My, my turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the product placement billboards in the subway chase scene were added in in post-production. During shooting, the poster spaces were occupied by dilapidated posters of 1986's Band of the Hand, 1993's Reckless Kelly, and 2000's The Watcher, then considered to be the worst movies Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, and Hugo Weaving had made. Whoa. Or a fictional movie called Burly Man, starring Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, and Hugo Weaving. Wait, I remember the Burly Man reference. Wasn't that... That was like the name, was like the code name of the last movie. Wait, what? I think because it that was in my, re- I think it's Burly Man. Well, and the third answer is for an iRobot movie starring Agent Smith as the <gasps> lead. Oh, shit. Well, I'm still going with Burly Man. Burly Man is correct. Yes. Oh my God, Evan is crushing it. What is happening? Up is down, left is right. Yeah, wasn't that like a, it was the code name for the move for the second one? I don't know. You did trivia. Was it? I think it was because they were trying to keep it quiet. Okay. I believe you. That's actually pretty great. Yeah. 
I was very proud of those questions too. Yeah, they're great so far. I'm, uh, Andrew. Maybe I'll get one. How does the theme music you hear at the beginning of every Matrix movie change from movie to movie? A. More instruments are used in the orchestral recordings for each consecutive movie. B. More mechanical noises are laid under the different tracks of the theme for each consecutive movie. Mm. Or C. The key gets higher in each consecutive movie. I'm just right off the top of my head. I'm going to say more mechanical stuff. That's incorrect. Damn it! <laughs> uh, super music nerd. I actually turned to my wife and called this out. The key gets higher in every movie. Yes, it does. Evan, what is happening? In the Matrix, Dude, those... it starts in the key of E minor. The Matrix yeah. Reloaded ascends a whole step to F sharp minor. And Matrix Revolutions ascends a half step to the key of G minor. Woo! Always, always in a minor. But it, it's those French horns that are like, they're just unmistakable, their pitch. And, and it, was, it was like, hold on. This one's much higher. It was so cool. It's such a neat little thing that happens in that movie. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, in all the movies. <laughs> Evan. Hey there. Which of the following statements about the Oracle is true? Ooh. The late Gloria Foster and her replacement Mary Alice had played sisters in a long-running Broadway play. Oh. The part of the Oracle was originally intended for Kathy Bates. What? The late Gloria Foster requested that they not replace her in the role or write her out. Yikes, I hope it's not that last one. That's sad. Um, mm, these are great. <laughs> they are. They are. Oh, God. Ugh. I'm just going to say... Hey. Correct. Oh, oh my, my God. God. What is happening? Wow. The two my oracles own... played sisters on Broadway for years and years. That's cool. That was my only logic there was that they were trying to get two people that looked remotely the same. So that was an easy out for them. <laughs> Interesting. Andrew. All right. Oh, my gosh. I got to make some moves. Go for it. Maggie and Captain Rowland both briefly mentioned VDTs to describe a possible cause of what happened to Bane and why he has self-inflicted cuts. Obviously at the time, not knowing that Bane is possessed by Agent Smith. What are VDTs? One, virtual delirium tremens. Delirium tremens are a medical side effect of withdrawal. So it would be virtual withdrawal. Okay. Virtual disengagement tachycardia. Tachycardia (laughs) is rapid heartbeat that can cause fainting spells caused by disengaging from the virtual, from the matrix. Or VDTs are never defined or explained throughout the entire expanded universe. Oh, expanded universe. That's like books and the animatrix (laughs) and shit. I'm, oh, music, uh, please uh, start over. All right, I feel comfortable now. I gotta, gotta do, uh, let's go with, a, delirium sounded fun. Uh, so that is a fan theory. The most common fan theory is virtual delirium tremens, but the actual answer is VDTs are never defined or explained once in the whole expanded universe. No. Oh, God! No. They talk about VDTs more than once it's mentioned. 
I hate it. For, and, and it's never, never, ever. You can't find it anywhere else. Oh, I don't like it. All right. Should have read, should have read the books, Andrew. <laughs> I should have read every piece of literature about the films. Damn it. All right. I have two bonus questions. Oh, oh shit. Maybe. Maybe I'll make some goddamn momentum here. All First right. one to answer. Okay. Both worth two points. All right. Hold on. Did we skip a steal in the last question? <laughs> oh, no, yes. we did. Whitney. Oh, me and Whitney, Whitney are even. It's too powerful. It's too powerful. We're finally even. We're finally even. <laughs> I did. I did skip a steal. That's okay. I got too. I got too hype. It's fine. Yeah. Right. It's good. All right. I'm ready. Let's All right. Get these bonuses. A yeah. A machine rotatable at 360 degrees was specially constructed for the effect of Neo and Smith fighting in the air, heading upward sky. What was that machine called? Was it the pig spit, the tuning fork, or the gimbal go round? Gimbal go round. Incorrect. Oh. Damn it. The pig spit. Incorrect. Damn it. The tuning, the tuning fork. fork. <laughs> Did I, I get called it? it the tuning fork. <laughs> okay. This is this is a recall question. Oh. Ooh. What's that mean? Each Total time we're in the Oracle's apartment, there's a song playing in the, the background. Oh, Though it is no. different versions in both the Matrix and the Matrix Revolutions, it is the same song. What is that song? Oh there's no, no multiple choice. God damn it. Just start naming Whoa. songs. Oh. Mm. oh man. Somewhere over the rainbow. No. <laughs> I'm not even gonna wrong myself. Uh <laughs> it's a jazz song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't count though. I know. I'm what just is trying jazz? To, thinking out loud. Feeling kind of blue. No. No. I'm already out anyway. Oh, God. Oh, man. That's not going to come to me, but it's a good song. <sighs> it's I'm beginning to see the light, which is a very oh, good song. Oh, come on. What it's an two asshole. different versions in the two different movies, but it's I'm beginning to see the light in both. There you go. I actually have another bonus question ready. We didn't talk about it. I thought it might come up, so I didn't say anything. <gasps> but do you want to do another bonus question? God, I got to try to get on the board. This is a pathetic round. It's my worst round. This. Let's do it. <laughs> Lines of Matrix code are embedded in one of the CGI effects in this film. Andrew, this is Andrew is. ringing in. You don't need to do anything. It's the rain yes. at the end. It is the rain at the end. Oh! Thank oh, God. Whoa. Wow. Here's what happened. Mm -hmm. I didn't bring this up, but I thought it was great. I treated myself to the 4K HDR version of this on iTunes. Yeah. And I could, I was like, get the fuck out of my face. That is Matrix code. This <laughs> whole time, I just thought it was rain. But I could yeah. finally see it on my wow, television. Well, that's, and that's the thing is, even in most movie theaters when it came out, it was just rain. But if you saw it like in IMAX or you see yeah. it in a high def version now, you can see that the rain is Matrix code. And it it's you know, very symbolic of like the, the code starting to fall, the world starting to fall apart around them as they're fighting. But 
Mm. Whew. Yeah. Neat. You can see it if you have like the right equipment. It but is super cool. For most people, it just shows up as rain. Yeah. It looks good either super way. Super neat. That's great. Oh my God. I got on the board at the last minute. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. That was a terrible round. I got everything wrong. All right. That was pop quiz. Despite uh, terrible scores, we still have a lot of fun with this. The points uh, are as such. Whitney persists with 80. Evan slides mm -hmm. up to 47. And I, I barely earn any points, but I have 52 now, which is... God damn it. <laughs> that, was a, that was a banner round for you, Ev. You did... Uh, yeah, it was that, was, that was a very good round. Actually, awful it's kind of not. weird. Evan's best round was in The Matrix, the first one. He got <gasps> eight points. And then in this one, I'm he got big, four. I'm a fan, guys. It makes yeah, sense. Clearly, clearly. Fan. It's making sense. All right. I guess... I guess we're going to get into this. Whitney's going to talk about four scenes, and uh, <laughs> and uh, that'll be it. I am definitely, definitely using mostly the Wikipedia rundown of the plot because, Perf. again, like we talked about with the last one, it's so much all over the place and whatever that yeah. getting into dialogue and doing whatever kind of makes it more convoluted than it has been written in Wikipedia. So we're just right. going to go with that. Yeah, and you've probably everyone's probably seen this, so you're just kind of, we're stepping through the probably. the major stuff, right? Yeah. All right. So Neo and Bane are lying unconscious in the medical bay of the ship Hammer, Mjolnir, as we found out in last week's trivia. Yeah, thanks. That's Neo. right. <laughs> no point. It seems like Neo is in a coma, except for the fact that his brain activity looks like someone who's jacked in. Hmm. Inside the Matrix, Neo is trapped in a subway station named Mobile Avenue, which is an anagram for Limbo. Oh, FYI. I was thinking about that. God damn it. <laughs> they were, the Bukowski's really like anagram. Oh, um, nerds. Mm -hmm. And this is a transition zone between the Matrix and the Machine City. He meets a family of programs, including a girl named Sati. The father tells Neo that the subway is controlled by the train man, a program loyal to the Merovingian who smuggles things that should or should not be leaving the Matrix in and out of the Matrix. Yeah. When Neo tries to board a train with the family, the train man refuses and overpowers him. Kicks him out. While this is happening, we're intercutting between, again, three other scenes. But we see Seraph contact Morpheus and Trinity on behalf of the Oracle, who is played by a new lady because, as previously discussed, the original actress died between the second and third films. Mm. And while this lady does a great job, she is no longer the coolest character in the movie. <laughs> it really bums me out. Yeah. She doesn't have the same charisma as the original Oracle, but part of it is this is not as, as whimsical a part of the story. So she might, even if it had been played by the same lady, she might still have been more somber and less, you know, twinkly. Yeah. Um, but the Oracle informs them of Neo's confinement. Seraph, Morpheus, and Trinity enter Club Hell, which is where they see the Merovingian, and they force him to release Neo from the train station in the Matrix. Hmm. Troubled by visions of the Machine City, Neo visits, Neo visits the Oracle to hear it from the horse's mouth directly, who reveals that Agent Smith intends to destroy both the Matrix and the real world. He's done with everything. Right. <laughs> he's, he's had it with their shit. 
She states that everything that has a beginning has an end and that the war will conclude. After Neo leaves, a very large group of smiths assimilates Sati and Seraph. One assimilates the Oracle and in doing so gains her powers of precognition. Hmm. And that's after the whole, I smashed your cookies. Did you bake them just for me to smash? Did you know that was going to happen thing? And then he absorbs the Oracle and then he is the Oracle um, to some extent. Mm -hmm. In the real world. why, Why with the Oracle could he absorb her through her wrist? What was that it was about? Touch based with everyone that he absorbed. Yeah, normally. No, but it was always like through their sternum. <laughs> you want to be gentle. You I know. guess he had like some respect. I don't know. It was just strange. It was like, why? Yeah, I don't know. You don't need to do that whole um, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom thing with the like ripping out the still beating heart. You don't have to do that with people. Like, <laughs> she's a lady. I just she's feel like you should because she's big like man on campus powerful. for a long time. So like just you know absorb her in a way that preserves uh, her bodily autonomy. Yeah, a kindly uh, way. I don't know. <laughs> she it's wasn't weird. gonna fight. That was the thing. I think if you have somebody who's I do think that's part of back. it is everyone else that we saw him absorb would maybe fight back. So he just like went straight for it yeah. and was like right into the spinal column. With her, she wasn't gonna <laughs> fight. Yeah, she's she knows better. So it was wrist. Uh, all right, that's fine. Uh, I digress. This is your nitpick for this. This is the hill. <laughs> it's the weirdest nitpick. <laughs> <laughs> it's continuity. All right, fair. Okay. But it's not continuity. They don't say anywhere that it has to be like subdermal or internal for him to absorb people. They kind of do by doing it to a hundred other people in the previous movies. Yeah, yeah I mean, he set a standard. All right. Also, maybe he got more powerful and he didn't need to gut someone just to absorb them. That's true. There were literally that's probably that's possible, him, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe she was wearing it's a, a long time. If you're reaching dead into the middle of a sternum of every person that you're absorbing, and it's millions <laughs> of people, maybe he maybe just she's wearing a, a, about it. She had on a protective vest to stop this sort of attack. Okay, here's what we'll do: Perhaps. we'll give it a 34 percent rating instead of a 35 for the wrist thing. Tell, tell us in the reviews. What no, you think. we will not remove the point. <laughs> tell us in reviews because of the weird bee in Evan's bonnet. Hey, I, I understand. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Mm. <laughs> so, cut to the real world. The crews of the Nebuchadnezzar and Mjolnir, or the Hammer, find and reactivate Niobe's ship, the Logos. They interrogate Bane, who does an incredible Agent Smith impression. And he says he has no recollection of the earlier massacre. So the captains are planning their defense of Zion. Nia requests a ship to travel to the Machine City. And motivated by her encounter with the Oracle, Niobe offers him the Logos. Which Neo takes. Hmm. Leaves accompanied by Trinity. Bane, who is stowed away on the Logos, takes Trinity hostage. Neo realizes that Bane has been assimilated by Smith in a way that no one else does, especially shocking considering the fact that he does a spot on Hugo weaving the entire time. Yeah. And a fight ensues. Bane ends up burning Neo's eyes with a power cable. Hmm. permanently blinding him and really fucking his face up. Yeah, Yeah, that was bad. 
Neo, with this blindness, discovers an ability to perceive the world as as golden light. <laughs> it's true. It's like a, it's like a wireframe of fire. Yeah, it is was how he sees the world. Yeah, it's like any movie you've seen where they go. It's like Tron, maybe like, you know, everything's mm. Tron-esque, but more flamey. Yeah, that's true. More flamey. Like if if Tron in the Eye of Mordor had a baby, it would be how Neo's world. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, perfect. Yeah. That perfect. is the analogy. Nailed so, it. So through this golden flame sight, he can see both the real world and the Matrix and whatever. But he sees and kills Bane. So Bane is gone. Trinity pilots them to the machine city. Then we see Niobe and Morpheus rushing towards Zion in the hammer to aid the human defenses against all of the Sentinels coming. Mm -hmm. Zion's shipyard is overwhelmed by a horde of Sentinels. And the fatally wounded Captain Mifune instructs Kid to open the gate for the hammer. When it arrives, it discharges an EMP, which you may be familiar with if you've seen Ocean's Eleven, (laughs) and disables all the Sentinels present but also disables Zion's remaining defenses. Yeah. That's the problem with an EMP. Womp womp. It's unilateral. everything out. Yep. Yep. Even watches. Even watches. Then the humans are forced to retreat and wait for the next attack, thinking that it will be their last stand. Mm Mm-hmm. Near the machine city, the Logos, with Neo and Trinity, is bombarded by thousands of missiles, causing it to crash. And sending like fifteen spikes of rebar through Trinity's torso. Yeah, that was very unfortunate... many. Yeah, it was. A, it was like a lot of. Where even is the rebar coming from <laughs> in this machine world? I don't know. Yeah, Just it was matter. coming from the back of the ship. They had a frontal impact. Like, what spaceship uses rebar as like a yeah. structural component? Yeah, yeah. That's not the I, point. I the point is Trinity is skewered like a lot of time, <laughs> and she says that she can't go any further. She's gone as far as she can go. She can't finish this with Neo. And he has to go on without her. And he's like, nope, I won't. I can't. I need you. And she's like, you don't have a choice. I'm dead. (laughs) And then I've now gone off book a little bit from the Wikipedia entry in case you tell. Right. It's fine. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Can't go, son. I'm dead. Uh, So... Neo enters the machine city and he encounters Deus Ex Machina. Mm. Which means what hand of the machine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But essentially means like godlike intervention in a story. That's really truly it. Yes. Yeah. Apparently, Deus Ex Machina is the machine leader, but kind of looks like the the pits in the mummy that like all the souls are in <laughs> in the tombs i just gotta say i love how often the mummy comes up on our show just well that's my fault because it's one of my favorite <laughs> i know I, I i i genuinely love it it's just a movie that mm-hmm. it does not come up any in any other aspect of my life except here <laughs> which is it's great it's great it should come up more often it's a great movie Maybe, uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's what the Deus Ex Machina looks like. Neo warns that Agent Smith is planning to conquer both the Matrix and the real world and bring all 
down. And mm-hmm. he offers to stop Agent Smith in exchange for peace with Zion. The machine leader agrees, and the Sentinels immediately stop attacking Zion. The machines provide a Wi-Fi hotspot for Neo to enter the Matrix. Um, <laughs> they don't really explain this, but it's just a thing. Now. They, it, I thought that was actually, I mean, it was cool. Like, conceptually, they form like a little chair for him to sit in, you know. It was neat. It plugs in yeah. all of his little pluggy parts, you know. Yeah. I didn't like that the head one went so fast. It's rude. It was like all the other ones were slow and kind of just grabbed his little pluggy suction parts nicely. <laughs> but the one that goes into your damn cortex sure. was like rapid kind, fire. Kind of stabby, yeah. Super stabby. So he's inside the Matrix now. Agent Smith with the Oracle's powers, mind you, steps forth, saying that he has foreseen his victory against Neo. He already knows he's going to win. He saw it happen. Mm-hmm. After a, <laughs> and Wikipedia says this word, and I think it's hilarious, protracted battle. <laughs> That's one way to word how long that battle goes on with Smith and Neo. There were like one too many uh, punches that resulted in a water dome. Catastrophic dancing. <laughs> oh, water dome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah. Yeah, that but was varying cool. sizes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that the first the, time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. The and, first time was cool because the rain stopped and then it all fell down again. Yeah. That was neat. So this is in the words of Wikipedia. Okay. I'm into it. I don't know how much I agree with this. I'm not sure who wrote it or who put it in here. I didn't check the citations. But after a protracted battle, Neo realizes there's no other way to win and allows himself to be assimilated. Huh. I Whether or not you agree with that, there's definitely a protracted battle and Neo definitely gets assimilated. <laughs> I don't know if he's like, this is the only way out of this. I don't think I saw that communicated on screen. No. That seems like a fan theory to me. Yeah, I'm mm. guess I guess so. There could have been more um there could have been more communicated there like we've seen it happen where like if you pull the plug on somebody that's plugged in, they die. But the fact it's like and we've seen that Bane or Smith could exit the matrix into a human body, but like there's like there's one step that was missing there. Like we saw A, mm-hmm. we saw B, but we never saw mm-hmm. like if Neo's like in his brain, he's like, oh, if Smith assimilates me and becomes the canonical Smith, and then the machines disconnect me and I die, he dies. That's like mm-hmm. that is the logic, but that like you said, it's never, it's not there. It, That's it, never communicated no. that like he he was playing chess and got three moves ahead. No, no, no. That no. was never seen in Keanu's acting. Or anything like, no. yeah, he was just going to punch so, his way out as far as we that's know. what I assume. Yeah. One way or the other, Neo gets assimilated by Agent Smith. The machine leader sends a surge of energy into Neo's body in the real world because Neo is connected to the source. The energy surge causes the Neo Smith clone and all the other Smith clones in the Matrix to be destroyed, mm-hmm. which deletes Smith once and for all. Whew. Close one. He gone. The Sentinels withdraw from Zion. Morpheus and Niobe embrace. Because her husband's dead or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That whole love triangle was so forced and weird to me. Yeah. 
Anyway, Neo sees a final vision. And I just lost my place in my notes. Hang on. And that's the end. (laughs) Neo sees a final vision of the machine city while apparently succumbing to his injuries as his body is carried away by the machines. Yep. Yes. For all intents and purposes, Neo is dead. I don't know that anyone bought that at the time. Definitely he's less dead than Trinity with all the rebar through or so. (laughs) Right. He's not dead. (laughs) One way or another, he his body falls to the ground and is carried away by machines. Mm -hmm. The Matrix is rebooted and the architect encounters the Oracle in a park. Fun fact that I didn't include in trivia. This is the only time you see the sky and greenery in the entire trilogy. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. They agree that the peace will last, quote, as long as it can and that all humans will be offered the opportunity to leave the Matrix. So if you become aware of the Matrix, you can leave and go to Zion. Yeah. Zion's going to remain. But the robots are still going to keep feeding off of all of the humans that don't become aware of the Matrix. (laughs) Delicious humans. Mm -hmm. When questioned about Neo's fate, the Oracle tells Sati that she thinks they will see Neo again. As Sati reveals, she created a beautiful sunrise over the horizon for Neo. Mm-hmm. Seraph asks the Oracle if she knew this would happen, and she replies that she did not know, but she believed. And that's it. Then Rage Against the Machine plays. Come with it now! <laughs> no, that's not it. It's a beautiful no, score that at was, the end. That wasn't it, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. You know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's the best. Maybe it's the best we could have could have hoped for. I don't know. I don't think it's the best we could have hoped for. I expect more than that, to be honest. But yeah, me too. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Wait for the fourth one. Seventeen years four, yeah. later. Yeah. I still think the fourth one's gonna be great. It's gonna be a banger. It has to be. I like- definitely think that my I was skeptical about my initial like jokes about the second and third ones not existing and blah 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 and those there's only one matrix and all those jokes um are now legitimized after having watched them again (laughs) yeah I don't hate the other ones I think in the end in retrospect reloaded is better than revolutions yeah. Yeah. But I do think that that movie stands so well alone, and two and three are such hot messes with what they're trying to convey that yeah, they didn't need to exist. Yeah. For for once, I I kind of it 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 happens enough, but I pretty much agree with the critics straight through in their rankings of these films. Like yeah. in terms of percentages, I'm like, mm-hmm. yep, yep, and yep. So they you know. There's a decline, a marked decline as we go. So, it'll bounce back, bounce back 17 years later. Mm-hmm. All right. So that uh that brings us to this part of the show where we we do we recommend watching this film. You've 
You've watched The Matrix. We recommended that. You've watched The Matrix Reloaded. All three of us recommended that as well. Do you recommend watching The Matrix Revolutions? Hmm. Simply because you're a completionist, maybe? Well, so that's my thing, is most people I know are completionists. I have no, I am in never in any way like brought down by the sunk cost fallacy. I will abandon anything <laughs> nice. at any given moment. The second comes not interesting to me. So for me, I would recommend don't watch The Matrix Revolution. Okay. Yeah. For most people, though, there's some amount of time invested and in whatever, and they have to see things through. And I don't have that, but good for you. I should have more of it. So, you know, like maybe I would say if you've seen one and two, why not watch three? Yeah. Like yeah. I don't see a reason to not watch the third one. But would I say go out of your way to see the third Matrix movie if you haven't seen one and two? No. And for me, if I were like giving myself advice on not to watch for shits and giggles, I would say you don't need to watch it. All right. Yeah. You won't I get think anything out of it. You'd mostly be confused. Well, I'd probably be confused that I'm recommending myself movie. <laughs> right. What is happening? Am I in the Matrix? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a no from Whitney, I guess. Ev, what are you thinking, buddy? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm of the same mind. It's like complete the trilogy. If you saw the first two, just do it. But like, don't, don't expect a lot. And don't be upset if you're checking Twitter. <laughs> right. Don't don't make it your primary source of entertainment at the time. Right. It's okay to take a phone call. <laughs> Just mute it. It'll, you'll you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's a yes, but like a tentative yes from yeah. From it's Ev. it's a soft yes. All right. I feel confident saying that I would recommend it in that in that same capacity. Like, I'm a person. I just You're like I just like to, right. Just full stop. Yeah. I'm a person. You should <laughs> watch the Matrix. <laughs> right. And, it's and what we talked about. You will. Right. I'm a person. Have that plays into your review. I don't know, but just remember that <laughs> right. moving forward. I had, I thought I had something more to say beyond that <laughs> phrase, and then my brain just decided no. not to. Um, I, I like to, for this again, the way the trajectory of the Matrix has worked was like the the first movie is perfect. It it stands alone. It it didn't need sequels, and then for the second one, I thought. A lot of the reason why I liked it was because they went for it uh, to varying degrees of success. And the same is true for this one. Visually, there's a lot here. It might not always pay off, but like it's worth a check out, if for no other reason than to be prepped for Matrix 4. So that's my mm -hmm. recommendation. Yeah, that's a good point. So there yeah. you go. That's two two recommends, but a very but a very well argued not recommend from Whitney mm -hmm. as well. Well, where are you gonna put it, Andrew, on the grand list? <laughs> I gotta know where you're putting it. Hold on. Let's open it's some not documents. Very high. Let's play it's with not some very documents. High. No. I have it at sixteen. No, fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. 15. Subtract one. Yeah, I'm going to probably, so Evans is at 
16. Yeah. No, 15. Sorry. And Whitney, where are you placing yours? I've got it down at 21. 21. In between Tune In Tomorrow and The Watcher. Wow. I've got it one step above The Watcher, which people (laughs) thought might have ended Keanu Reeves' career. So if that tells you anything. Yikes. Revolutions is where uh, Whitney put Reloaded, just as a little, just to frame that up. Wait a minute. One again? I put Revolutions where Whitney ranked Reloaded. Oh, yeah. No, the exact same spot where I put Reloaded. Yeah. He put Revolutions just to show you how much more harshly I rank things than Evan does. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm going to pop mine in at number 19. So that would be Betwixt Little Buddha (laughs) and My Own Private Idaho. Oh, my God. Why is Little Buddha so high? Listen. I, I, it's too high for me. 100%. <laughs> it's even higher on my list, and it should not be. Little the, Buddha? Longer, no. the more distance I get from God. Little Buddha, the more I'm like, I really can't deal with all the nonsensical gray city life in order <laughs> oh. to get to the like, fantastical storytelling of the movie. Ugh, Seattle. I, see, I, Keanu was good in that movie. I, oh, God. He he was his accent alone. As weird as that part was for him, and the fact that he's essentially wearing brown face. Yeah, I mean, problems oh problems abound, but hey, all right, <laughs> the reckoning is soon, almost yeah. upon us. Right, it it will happen early in 2020, but it's close. It's close. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, recommendings, rankings, locked and loaded next week. Complete change of pace. Wow, it could not be a bigger change of pace. We're not, we're not, no sci-fi, no nothing. I'm going to be leading us through. <laughs> Something's got to give. Hell yeah. Oh man, hype. So, I'm excited. Let's watch all... some old people get it on. <laughs> oh boy. Dr. Keanu is in the house. So we've all seen this at one point. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. I can't, re- I mean, I, I do, I have seen this and I just, I can't remember. I think I mentioned Well, it. you you have already mentioned that you've conflated it this entire time with as good as it yeah, gets. Yeah, with another Jack Nicholson movie, mm-hmm. but different. Same director. Really? Same Is it with writer? the same director? Question mark? Yeah. Maybe? Wow. Okay. So, hmm. you know, there was a, okay, so this director, you know, Jack was his muse for at least this period of the uh this maybe five years or so whenever these two movies came out but yeah nancy myers both the script and the screenplay are nancy myers wow um did let's see what women want something's gotta give oh the holiday which is one of my favorite movies i'd love the holiday uh, that's one no. No. Ryan Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet and Jude Law and Jack Black. I got all of the people I thought. Oh, wow. Wrong you in did. That one. I she also did The Intern. I like that. That was, well, I didn't like, I mean, I liked it. I did not love it. She did the Lindsay Lohan Parent Trap script. Oh, okay. All right. So she did the screenplay for Father of the Bride. She didn't direct that one, but she did the screenplay for it. All right. Okay. Uh, Dig it. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to get into this one. More of just, uh, again, you two have a much clearer, seems to have a much clearer memory. Comedy, right? Like a romantic comedy situation, uh-huh. I'm guessing. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. 
Great cast, from what I could tell, just by looking at the box art. I don't. I try not to look too much more than that, even for movies I've seen. So that's next week. Very exciting as we move into the holidays. And like we said, a bonus episode will be dropping at some nebulous point between now and Christmas. I, I, I have no idea. We're not doing the editing on that, so we'll just have to see. But until then, Whitney, what do you have going on this week? Um, I, you can find me on Twitter at Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N and historical hotties. We just did, um, an episode of muses, real life muses of artists. And that's a really good episode. Mm. Uh, I highly recommend it. Um, so yeah, there's that. And then I am soon to make my return appearance on almost better than silence. I have a date recorded for recordings coming up. So I'm going to talk all about the video games that I'm playing now, which is primarily the replacement for Hearthstone that I found since I decided to not uh, give my patronage to Blizzard after the whole Hong Kong thing. So um, that will be coming up soon on Almost Better Than Silence. And then I also have a few other things, but you can find them all on my Twitter. There we go. Very good. Very good. Evan. Huh? Where are you on the internet? What are you doing? Oh, um, I'm, oh, I'm just, what a list. Let me pull up the list of all the places I am on the internet. Give me one second. Uh, Oh, here we go. Uh, Instagram at Evan Acri. Um, yeah. So check that out. Um, happy to chat, you know, and Yep. How about you, Andrew? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I got to be honest. We are, what are we, 42? We're we're over 40 episodes in, right? Oh, man. I thought, I thought that I thought that it would get old. It has not for me, actually. So (laughs) I thought that it, there was a period where I was like, "Uh uh-huh. But then it did that thing where it swung so far back in the other direction that it became funny. I I don't know. It's good. (laughs) If you never promote anything else for the rest of the episodes that we do, I would consider that a massive success for for comedy. Comedy is cyclical. (laughs) Yes. There we go. Right. So there you go. Instagram. It'll get unfunny again. But then if you keep going, it'll get funny again. Right. It'll come back. The shtick, the the buildup, the, I mean, next time when you're like, let me just pull, you just start, click, like click on your, you know, you can hear that, the, let me just, I got to find the, where is everything? All right. You can find me uh, on the internet at Dark Driving. Uh, That would be Twitter and Instagram, probably the best two places to do that. You can also follow me on YouTube if you search for The Primary Storyline, where I've been getting back into teaching and interacting, uh, video editing, classes, things like that. So if you want to pick up a new skill, maybe learn something for the new year, set some resolutions to learn. That'd be a great thing. And uh, that's about it. So we have any other uh, closing thoughts here, anybody? No? Yes? Speak now? So we're done then. I guess. So I'm going (laughs) to... <laughs> Best dismount ever. Thank you. I nailed it. We're new to this. Thank you all for joining us. And in the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Tens across the board from all the judges. <laughs> <laughs>
gave us an eight. God damn it, France.